Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Every year in the United States, over 600,000 children are reported missing, and it's estimated that another 500,000 go unreported every year. Add in the adults and that statistic on missing persons is staggering. Over 99.9% of these cases never make the national news, leaving loved ones desperately seeking help. These are their stories, their cries for help. We're not here to passively listen. We're here to take action. I'm Bob Ruff, and this is Truth and Justice, Missing Persons. Ahoy, friends. Thank you for tuning in to Truth and Justice. This week, Bob pulled back the veil on the new season, and I'm super excited about it. You are currently listening to the first Friday follow-up of the season. I'm Zach Weaver, and as always, I'm joined by Bob Ruff and Janet Vardy. So without further ado, welcome to Season 13, Truth and Justice, Missing Persons. Thank you, Zach, and hello, everybody. Thank you, everybody in the YouTube chat for joining us, and those of you who sent questions in on Facebook. Man, we've had quite a response to... Um, Zach, I will tell you, I'm happy you stopped me from spoiling it. Yes! Because a lot of people were very excited I'm on, glad. on Sunday. I know people were not happy with me after last Friday. Right, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but by Sunday, everybody was happy, and and because of your wanting to keep everything secret, I don't know if you noticed, but I didn't, on the episode, I didn't post the new logo, mm-hmm. I didn't put in the description what the new season was, I just love it, it. so I wanted people to uh, get into it. What did you guys think of my, so I was on my own editing this week, and I did the uh, the mashup of all the old intros, what did you think about that? I'm gonna, I'm going to be honest. When the West Memphis Three intro came on, I got goosebumps. Yeah, I mean it, that got me. Yeah, yeah, it was a ride through the eras. It was a musical ride through the eras, and um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I did know where the season was going, uh, but it was still really exciting to imagine everyone hearing it and discovering it. And I have to assume that your inbox was flooded instantly. Uh, yeah, so. Very much so, and and I guess right up front, I want to let you guys know that uh, this season is going to be, I don't know, man, things are going to be happening quickly, because, so I got up about eight in the morning on Sunday, so the episode had been out for about two hours, and had 50 emails already coming in from the, wow. the show. Yeah, and they are just flooding in, you guys are freaking awesome, um, people sending in, in cases from all over the place that they want covered. And then I kind of went into panic mode on Monday. So I came in the office on Monday and I'm like, okay, so here's all these cases. Like, this looks like a good one. 
And then I, I start researching and then getting ready to contact people about that case. And then I'm like, well, this is urgent. Like this is happening right now. I can't record this interview today on Monday or on Tuesday and then wait to air the episode till Sunday. They need our help right now. So then there was a whole thing of me contacting Audio Boom, who, as you know, is our distributor. They sell our ads and listen, do our episodes have to air on Sunday? Can I drop an episode? Like if I if I record an interview on Tuesday, can I just drop it on Tuesday or Wednesday? And they there was a little, you know, people had to check with people and then they they said that uh uh it doesn't matter. I can drop episodes whenever I whenever I want to. Uh so then so and actually the case that I was looking at that I was gonna do, they, so like a day had passed. And then I checked and that person had been found, uh, but more were coming in and then we're juggling around getting ready to do this follow-up. So uh, point being, and I guess the only way I can get any live feedback on this is from the YouTube chat right now, what you guys think, but this is all, everything that's coming in is urgent. A lot of them are urgent and like, I want to just quickly record an interview, do a, a jam up, edit. And throw them out, and you might I might throw out episodes on Tuesdays and Thursdays and whenever, um, whenever they come out, and how you guys would feel about that not always having them on Sunday. I thought about using the Sunday slot to put up because um, some of the cases people will send. Like there's one I'm, I'm I'm talking to the person right now where this this person has been missing for about three weeks now, and they're in kind of a different sense of urgency because it was like panic looking for the person. And then after it seems like the the pattern is after seven or eight days, you know, things kind of die down and people kind of stop looking and all the, you know, all the discussion and hype and media goes away to come to bring those back up to, to get a new, uh, you know, new set right. of ears on them. But those are not as time sensitive. Like I could record that on Thursday and then drop it on Sunday. We, but there, there may be times where, you know, if I jam out two or three episodes during the week where maybe I can't do it on Sunday. So how do you guys feel? In the in the chat, if if you're dealing with episodes earlier during the week, I mean, as the chats roll and they're all coming in saying, "Drop them right away." Drop them. That's awesome. Yep. Everybody uh, seems like they're always they're they're in for the early episodes and wanting to hear them. Well, I I, I pre and I love you guys so much, all of you guys that are that are in this for all the right reasons. And uh, even without the chat, I kind of felt like most of you that are here are here to help. And you know, if it's I, I know your 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 usual ritual is to listen on Sunday mornings, but if something drops on a Tuesday morning and you're able to and it's it's because we're trying to help somebody right now that you're you're here for it. Uh I appreciate that. Just know this. I'll say this right now. This is very dynamic and it's happening. I've been planning this for months, but now that it's actually we pulled the trigger and it's in it's in process and it's it's happening in real time, I'm realizing that we may need to make some adjustments along the way. To make sure that we're doing our best to help people, so just know that things may be a little screwed. I, I think we'll get into a flow once we figure out how this is all going to work. But um, for now, just keep your eyes peeled. Like I said, if if it weren't for the fact that the particular person had had just been found, you would have a new episode tomorrow morning on which is Wednesday when we're recording this. Um, but that one didn't. Um, it's not necessary at this point. So we'll see as we as we go along. So uh, Janet, what did you? Sorry, I, I said what you guys think, and then I talked for twenty five minutes. Uh, Janet, what were your thoughts about the whole, the whole thing? No, I mean, I, 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 I'm so interested in how this is all going to work. And I, and that, you know, to be honest, sort of segues into some of the questions that we got on our follow-up, uh, uh, post on Facebook, because, you know, people are showing up for it and they're excited about it. But because it is, like you said, such a break from uh, our normal routine, 
people are very curious to know more specifics about you know the logistics of everything. Um, what kind of cases? How recent? Um, what are the circumstances need to have been or be? And and you know other criteria and also just you know people being sensitive to the possibility that there are people who are reported missing who in fact are they need to stay missing because they are leaving an abusive relationship yeah. um things like that that are you know that that have maybe a different kind of nuance than things that seem a little more straight ahead so i know that there's just a general everybody's clamoring to get more information from you about how this is all going to work and you know as you've said some of that we don't know yet um but i would love for you to break down as much as you do feel like you've kind of wrapped your head around First of all, like the types of cases, we are, what I'm looking for are cases that like need our help right now. Uh, somebody, uh, and this wasn't like a troll or anything, this is, this is a longtime listener, had, had made a comment on one of our posts that said, so basically this is the Vanished podcast uh, with Marissa Jones. And I said like, no, it's like, Marissa is amazing and her podcast is amazing, but what she's doing is very different than what we're doing. I think she does do some more recent stuff. But if you look through her catalog, most of her stuff is like, here's a missing person's unsolved case from 1986 or wherever. And she's, so she's doing great work and she's breathing life into the case. What I'm trying to do is something like it's, it's not, it, it, it's not going to be nearly as, as polished and perfect in, in narrative. It's going to be very quickly like, Hey, here's a case. This is happening right now. These people need help right now. And so let's put it out there and then let's go help them. And that could mean a lot of things. Like I said in the episode, like something is happening right now, this week. But, you know, for example, like I just described, like there's a case I'm looking at right now that it's not right now this week. This person went missing uh, at the end of June. So it's been a few weeks, but they need help right now because they still haven't found the individual. And they've kind of like, like people lose interest and we're trying to breathe the interest back into it. So any of those cases where it's like, like here and now there are people out there that need help. Now, one thing that that is a little tricky is, and it's something I really hadn't considered until a lot of our very, very smart listeners with a lot of life experience and and education in this have pointed out to me, they're like, we need to be careful not to go find people. Like if someone, say, a woman is leaving an abusive, she's running away from an abusive relationship, you don't want to go, you know, we don't want to turn a bunch of people loose to find her Correct. and then send her back into that abusive relationship. And, and that is tricky. And there are, so, so I'm looking at a case right now. I've just started opening a dialogue with the family um, that are looking for, um, looking for one of their children, but, but we know, they know their, their, their child ran away, so to speak. Like they, they left on their own, they were upset and then they left. And so then I'm in this like, okay, well we need to find like this, th this is a child and they're out and they're, and they're missing and we don't they're 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 probably in a very unsafe situation we need to find them but then it's like a balance of well then how do we handle that if you know what if and i'm not and i certainly don't know this from that family but what if it was an abusive situation they're trying to get away from and and some of those i just have to it, it's going to be a little difficult to navigate but uh, some of those i think i have to kind of play by ear and i think that one way in an instance like that where you're looking at a child that has left a family I haven't totally figured that out yet. That's why I haven't recorded that one because I don't know if that's the right thing to do or not. But I thought if we make the contact, like if anybody has information, however, that we're told to help locate this person to contact police and put the police in contact, you know, so that if the child is found and, and made sure they're safe, that they'll be in contact with the police. And if there's an issue with the family that they can let the police know, 
I don't know, but just uh, what I'm really trying to get across to you right here, right now, is that I'm I'm aware that that is a circumstance that we need to be careful about, and so I'm trying to kind of navigate that um, as we go. So it's kind of a learning curve. So in in most cases, I'm trying to look for cases that don't have that element to them. Hmm. There, there's one particular case that that I'm hoping we get to cover. I'm trying. I'm in contact with an organization called uh, Black and Missing Foundation. So, th- so in that case, it's not a family member, and and a family member may want to come on, but uh, they know a lot about the case, and they're helping to find this person. Um, and that's one where I know, like, this was not a runaway from, you know, they weren't leaving to get away from their family. Something happened to this person. So, yeah, I like the idea of some of those organizations that are pre-existing that are maybe more localized that we could that have pre-vetted the situation, and that you know, in looking into the organization, we see that they're doing really great work. And then we could amplify in such a huge way something that mm-hmm. is both fresh, but also maybe has a little, a, I'm not saying this would have to happen with every time, but just I know Black and Missing is, you know, um, very notable org and yeah. knowing that they are, you know, that they've already started the process like that might help with some of the, you know, quick turnaround that we're talking about and 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 also just information gathering and and respecting the families of the missing and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So uh, so I, I guess the um, the short answer is that these are things we're working on. We're trying to be very careful about what we select right now moving forward. But but one thing, what I what I want to make clear is that what I found in the three days, two and a half days since this episode came out, is that there are so many people out there that are begging for help. And I want to make sure that we can provide that help. We just have to find the exact right way to do it. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I see on uh, the YouTube, Luigi asked, "What? why are you not doing a wrongful conviction? And I think you covered this a little bit when you were talking about needing to pivot just for this season. Um, but do you want to just refresh folks for maybe somebody who's jumping in now freshly yeah. to this new season and kind of hearing a little bit more about what caused you to want to take this break? I will say break rather than a pivot to an entirely new thing because. Yeah. And, right. and that's what this is. This is a season. It's a It's a break away from. The wrongful convictions, and it was for a, a number of reasons. One, I went through the um, the case submissions we had, and just didn't see anything that really jumped out at me that I thought would be 
the perfect next case uh, for a wrongful conviction case. So that that was part of it. And another part of it, very honestly, is that you know it, it, there's there's a level of emotional exhaustion that that happens in doing this work, not only for me, but for me and for Janet and for Zach. You know, and for me, this is twelve seasons of doing this, eight years of doing it, where we have not only the emotional exhaustion that comes with just working in these cases with real people, uh, and the, just the hard decisions that have to be made every week, um, every day along the way. But then also you have the negativity that comes online, and you're constantly having this battle where you're trying to do something good. There's people there that that are trying to convince people that you're trying to that you you have bad intentions when you know you have good intentions. Uh, and you're, you're balancing between the people that you know are there for the right reasons and want to help and the people that are trying to sabotage those efforts. It becomes very, very emotionally exhausted and, uh, exhausting. And I sat back and thought, I was like, well, when we're done with this, I don't see a very obvious next case to take. There's some that might be okay, but I, I, they're, they're not really jumping out at me. And I really, I, I, I kind of need an emotional break. But, you know, and, and we've done this before. There was the season like during COVID where we did just interviews with other podcasters just to kind of take a little break. Let me kind of cleanse my palate and, and reset my brain for a little bit and then get back into it. But I really wanted to do something uh, with this season that was uh, that was still using our crowdsourcing model to continue to help people and make a difference. And my hope is to unite some people and just try to put some positive. They're just. And listen, I get sucked into it too. When people start trolling and doing stuff, like I try to just stay away from it and keep things positive, but you all have heard me get pissed off and and sucked right down into that negativity as well. And I just, for my mental health, for Janet's and Zach's and a lot of yours, this is a great way for the people that are truly here to help. Even the people that disagree with me about a case, there are there are there are people that disagree with me about a case, but they're here for the right reason, and they truly believe that's a case. And then there are people that just disagree with everything I do ever because they hate me for whatever reason. I don't care about those people. But the other ones, the people that maybe disagree with me about a case, but but can say, okay, well, I can get. Be, if we're helping people, I'm all in. Let's help. So it's kind of taking a short break to unite people, to put some positivity in the world, to use this amazing crowdsourcing model that we have built over these years. To still do something good and still help people. And also, I get emails, even though we've only ever done wrongful conviction cases, I get emails every day with people sending me missing persons cases, asking for help on missing persons cases. I mm-hmm. get all the time people would be like, you know, I saw you on on uh, on Web of Death and this isn't a wrongful conviction, but I've been searching for my brother. Can you help with this? Can you do, you know, so there was a want for people asking for help too. So um, long answer, but it's, um, First of all, we are season 14 will be a wrongful conviction case. The reason for this is is simply because we didn't have the perfect case and we just need a break. And I want to do something to utilize this amazing resource that we have being all of you to bring some good and positivity into the world and help some people. So, and there's still stuff going on behind the scenes with Pinion Pines and any number of the other past yeah. cases, too. So um, just getting a little bit of bandwidth to maybe be able to touch base with some of those as well. But it definitely is very ambitious. I mean, that's, that's you know, one of the responses we got from people who are excited about it. But to, you know, to do that many states and to try to, to impact that many different situations 
in um, what to some feels like, oh, wow, okay, so we're all used to, you know, we just spent over a year and a half on this case. So having that shift, people are hoping that it can have a, a fast impact or, you know, sort of, and, and, and also just the logistics of that, like, how do we track these cases as we're moving through them? How's that going? What's that going to look like? And there's some people on the Facebook, uh, Truth and Justice Facebook page who are already coming up with some great ideas. I don't know if, where you are in that either, but how, how that communication happens. My response to that was going to be, I'm hoping that our listeners will figure that out. You know, that, that's part of, so there, there, there are several people that have asked like, well, yeah, but if you're doing, if, if the case you do this week is from Pennsylvania and I live in Utah, like how can I help? There are a million ways to help. One, just the more people we can get to listening nationwide, like the more, like, like if you guys are like sharing these episodes, sharing what we can do and getting people from all around the country, even your area, wherever more people, I like that is hugely helpful. Uh, sharing the stories uh, that we're hearing out to your, you know, people that we're looking for, even if you're not geographically, maybe right there, but getting more attention onto them. And then there's things like that, like, you know, like, like maybe that case is in Pennsylvania and you, you live in Utah, but somehow we need to organize something through Facebook or, or, you know, there's a lot of organizational stuff where people can step up and say, Hey, I can help with that. I've had international listeners that say, well, I just feel really lost because it's far away. Understand? Like, I, I want to do international. I've already had a couple submissions for some international cases too. And I, I mentioned like Australia and Canada and England. Um, but like somebody was like, well, I, you know, I'm in Denmark. What I'm, well, if there's a missing person in Denmark where you need help, we have an audience in Denmark. So send it and we'll share it. And especially if this format is kind of a, a, a run and gun type of situation where we're like, okay, case comes in, let's get on the phone or get on the Zoom, record it, bing, bang, pop, put it out. Then yeah, it, wherever you're at, they may come in and and understand. Like there's people that uh, th- th- every single episode, there's going to be people somewhere that aren't geographically close to that place. But everybody can be a resource in in listening, participating, sharing, uh, and and being ready for and, and being on the lookout. A big part of this, and that was a part that wasn't necessarily part of the original plan. It kind of came to me uh, in, in the week before we started doing this was. Instead of, because the original plan was, I'm just going to keep searching through missing persons databases and find the cases and contact the people. But then I thought, well, there are all these cases that come into me. All of you that are out there are hearing the cases that are happening locally. And so that was another element. So, you know, even though the case I'm talking about this week is in Florida and, and you live in Nevada, but when you hear a case in Nevada that's happening and you sub- send it in, that's how you're still helping. Why this whole thing, we just all work together. Grayson wants to know. So this, I think you've you sort of answered this in order of urgency or, or however things are being able, like however things are playing out that makes sense for when you release them. But Grayson had had um, some curiosity about the order, if there was going to be any kind of specific order that you were bearing in mind, or if it's more just kind of handling at things as they come in, as they become workable and sort of acknowledging like, yes, we've now covered a case in Florida. Let's show some love to this Mississippi case. So that, you know, it's just sort of happening, as you said, in real time. Is that kind of the plan right now or? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not searching for each particular. I thought about doing that when the plan was for me to try to search and find these cases. But with you guys submitting it, and that's already, like I said, I mean, now by Tuesday, I've had hundreds of submissions already. Um, So you guys are already out there looking and sending. And I've had people like family members say, like, my son is missing. I need help that are reaching out to us directly. Uh, So the plan, you you know, we'll take the cases that come in. That are important. 
and or, they're all important. But a case that seems like, oh, this is something we can help with right now. We'll take it um, out on our our big our big investigation board out there. I have labels for every state, and so as we do one, we'll pin the missing persons uh, poster up there. That's how I'll keep track of the ones that we've covered, and then keep updating them and writing notes on them as we move along. You know, and if we get towards the end, you know, if we've got forty five states that we've covered them in, then I might start looking, you know, you know, looking for cases in particular states. Um, but right now it's just going to be organically when they come in. Yeah. Schaefer had a suggestion in the YouTube chat says drop episodes when info and interviews occur. And on Sunday, highlight older missing persons cases from those states for the longer form crowdsource support. Yeah, that's a good idea, Schaefer. And that's kind of, that's kind of what I'm leaning towards. The only thing I, I'm warning against is if those quickly right now happens to be end up being two or three episodes in a week. I just may not have the bandwidth to then do a fourth one to put out on Sunday. So you just got to kind of play, play by ear. So that's kind of the plan is to, as of right now that I came up with about 30 hours ago is to take the ones that are, that have a little more, less of a time crunch on them, uh, time urgency to them and, and record those for Sundays and do the more urgent ones right as they come in. Well, I did just want to shout out Austin, who wrote a very thoughtful, very personal post on the Facebook page. I don't want to read the whole thing because I think reading it live on the podcast is feels a little bit different to me than giving the opportunity for people to read it in the chat or to read it on the website. But suffice it to say, Austin speaks of a very personal experience uh, with a missing person in their life and um, just, you know, gave a really lovely perspective on why they're excited about this. Um, and that they are very much ready to get to work. Beyond that, that's sort of it. I mean, I, you know, it was a short episode. It was really just an introduction into what we're dropping into. A lot is dynamic and live and happening right now. Um, always have uh, at least a couple folks who are interested in any updates on past seasons. I know Carla had made a post wondering if there was any news you could share with us about any of the past cases on Truth and Justice. Uh, yeah, real quick though, before I'm going to, I'm going to come leave that up on the screen, Zach, if you will, cause I want to come back to Carla's, um, question there, but there are a few things that I just wanted. I didn't know if they would get addressed through questions, but I want to, uh, I want to address one thing that I've saw a few people ask is, um, do we have to have family members? Is that like a criteria? Does there have to be a family member come on in order for the case to be featured? I, kinda, I, 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 I touched on that earlier. I think that's why Janet kind of skipped over that question because. And, and I just want to reiterate that, that no, it doesn't have to be the case. I, I'd like somebody, um, I actually, one case I actually have talked to um, the detective that's working a case and asked if, if he would come on and talk about this particular case. Uh, and he said he was willing to, but I have to go through the PR department to see if, if that can happen. So that those are things that are being juggled around. So no, it doesn't have to be a family member. Um, and um, another thing is like some people, and this, I'm sure there are some people that have this as a genuine concern, but it seemed like the same group the 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 the, the kind of that I don't think necessarily has the right the, the best intentions were like, well, you know, this is going to be ex- exploitive to families or how are you going to protect the families? We're only featuring cases where the families are asking for exposure. So I just want to make that very clear. We're not digging up a case that's a missing persons case where the police maybe put something out and the family doesn't want media attention in the family. We're literally only covering cases where the family is saying, please, someone help us get the word out on this case. Those are the ones that we're covering. So I just want to make sure that that's understood. 
Um, and I think that was, and I, think, and I think I'd already kind of covered both those before. So I want to make sure those were clear. Um, and then it was Carla that mm-hmm. asked that. It was Carla. Yeah. Um, there's nothing really to update right now as far as, as far as I know anything, you know, we're still waiting on Adon's case to get back in court. We're still waiting on Jesse's eld for something to happen with Jesse Eldridge's case. You know, that's still just, you know, nothing like he hasn't like tried anything and been denied. It's just been, everything's just been sitting at a standstill at the conviction integrity unit's office since his brother recanted. Uh, Jamie Snow is still going through his court battle. West Memphis three is waiting to get back in or into the Arkansas Supreme court. They're just waiting for their appeal to be heard there. Um, Sandy Melgar's case, uh, is being handled by the innocence project of Texas. Now we're just waiting for any movement in the case there. I know they're actively working on it. I've worked with them a little bit on the case. Uh, you know, I I think they're putting together some experts and things for, for a habeas there. I mentioned Jamie Snow already. Uh, I haven't heard anything about Jeff Lee case. So there's, as far as our cases go, there's nothing new. And as I always tell people, I always, everybody always asks for updates and that's fine. You can always, but just understand if there's an update, like an important update, I will share it before you ask that question. I promise. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus Now, there is a case that's kind of near and dear to you and I. Yeah. Uh, which is the Delphi case that's had a little bit of movement recently. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I think some of our listeners are pretty interested in that case. For sure. So, I, I, Janet, I don't know if you've heard about this. And I, and I know Bob and I have talked about this at length, I think. But it, it sounds like there's some possible admissions to some of these crimes. Yeah. The, what's the guy's name? Richard Allen. Yeah. So, there was... The, the judge that was presiding over the case unsealed a, about 120 documents. And in those documents, there is acknowledgement of Richard Allen possibly talking to his wife and admitting guilt to his wife and his mother. And I, I believe for his wife multiple times in the case, which is a really interesting fact. Now, I know that they're trying to say, they're trying to play out whether he is competent of saying that or whether, you know, they're, they're trying to play with his his mental capacity at the moment. So we'll see where that goes. But yeah, the, I know the defense that, is claiming the admissions shouldn't be, they shouldn't be admissible because of his mental state from being in prison. Um, which is, you know, but they say is this is all hearsay. This is me talking now. They say that his mental state declined more recently and they say these admissions happened in April. So I'm, I'm curious to see how this all holds up. They also released a lot of things that they took from his house. 
which they took a pile of cell phones. I mean, like 20 cell phones that he had at his house. Now, with that being said, I'm kind of a hoarder and oh. I probably have a bunch of my old cell phones laying around. So mm-hmm. maybe that's not as much as it, it sounds, but it, it does seem a little sketchy. They, they just confiscated all these cell phones, some clothing. There's a lot going on in that case. So I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes from here on out. And they also did reveal, um, I think there were those documents that the girls were stabbed. They did, they did say that the cause of death was by a sharp object. Yeah. yeah. So that was new information to us. So anyway. Mm-hmm. Oh, we'll wow. Be kind okay. of, yeah. And that trial, I don't know. They keep pushing it back, but hopefully that'll happen soon and we'll get the, um, the full story there. And, and I know, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them a little props right now. I know our friends over at True Crime Garage just released a new episode. I think at, as we speak today, Wednesday, they released a new episode about the Delphi case. So I, I'm curious to see what they have to say and kind of see what's out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and to, before we end things, there was a couple of questions about season 12 still, weren't there? Well, Rosalind says, forgive me if this has been answered, but did the investigators nail down a time of death for John and Vicky? My question is, could it be possible they were shot earlier in the evening and then the fire was set later? Do we know their last known time of being alive? We don't. There was no way to, you know, their bodies were burnt too badly. So there was, there was no indicators they could use to determine time of death. I mean, so as far as is it possible they were shot earlier and then the bodies burned? It is possible. All we know is Becky, I think the last conversation where she was actually talking to someone. I believe that was the call to Javier at 640 that went till 650 something, a little after 650. So really all we know is that nothing, whatever the attack was, hadn't happened as of 650 p.m. Now we can say, well, Becky's still making phone calls to Robert and Christian up until 737, but nobody answered those calls. So we we can't say with any certainty that nothing was going on. Now, presumably, if she was sitting there using a phone and something was happening, a call she would make would be 911, not to Robert or Christian. Right. So I think it's it's fair to probably assume until at 737, which I think was the last call, there were, there had been no, you know, you know, the attack had not began yet at that point. And so then we know Becky's body's lit on fire at no, no earlier than 946 p.m. So you've got that about two hour window is all we have for time of death. Now, the fire development in the house shows us that that fire was set well before Becky's body was lit on fire. So, but, but I, we can't, there's no way to put enough, like, I can't say, yes, the, the fire at the house was set 22 minutes before Becky. We don't know that it, it had been because we don't know what windows were open, you know, because everything crumbled down and, and we don't know how things were ventilating and stuff like that. So, really, all we can say is, we know we pretty much know they were still alive at 650 we can probably safely assume they were still alive at 737 and we know they were deceased before 946 p.m. and that's really all we can do there okay and kristen is just doubling back um hoping that there could be more financial analysis done in some of the various people involved in the case um but i think Maybe right now that's just left it like we would need more information. Is there an update? Yeah, there was one thing that I um, promised to do that I and I got I got it written down here. Yeah, um, I I promised to break down. Yes, um, now I'm the information we had. Yeah, about the um, 
the the divorce and the pension. Yes. And so I, there's not a whole lot here. I want to give a big shout out to listener CJ Wright um, because these were files that CJ had found and then posted to the files page on the Truth and Justice, the official TNJ fan page on Facebook. Uh, so they did a fantastic job on this. And from these documents, and there's like, there's the Riverside County like docket for the divorce case. There is a document that is um, Vicky's final estate. There's some documents about probate and how that uh, for that where Tiffany was finally able to get, you know, the the insurance and stuff that she was finally able to get that like in 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a docket for that. So from those documents, this is all we know. And there's the one thing that's interesting here is so we have the docket for the divorce and it shows all the pretrial motions and blah, 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 blah. And then we find out that the divorce was final on January 19th, 1995. So 11 and a half years before the murders. Um, and you see in there where there's like, there's things, you can't tell what happened, but there's like things on the docket, motions filed and stuff regarding the pension and the reti- the CalPERS pension fund. So then after that, I think the last thing is like January 26th, 1995. And that is like the final order that says the divorce was final on the 19th. And then the ca- the the case is dormant until January 26, 2005. So exactly 10 years later, Ron there there's a there's there's something in there that says Ron um submitted an order to the court saying that he's removing and this is just kind of the way I understand it, it's kind of legal like like Ron had an attorney that was attached to his case and and he has a new attorney so he like filed a m- motion before the judge saying he's removing the old attorney and he's adding a new attorney to the case in January of 2005. Then on February 25th of 2005, it says that Ron filed a stipulation for the division of the retirement money. Now, so this is February 2005. Ron said that 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 he and Vicky had a discussion in the fall of 2006 uh, or, or no, excuse me, excuse me, the fall of 2005, like when he was retiring and she said she wanted a lump sum and he was going to set that up so that she got the money. He said he did send it up and it moved on and, 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 and a chunk, I think he said like 60 some thousand dollars was moved into an account for her. That's what he said happened. We see that Ron filed that stipulation in March of 2005, we don't know what the stipulation was, but it just says a stipulation for the division of the retirement back before he retired. He retired in the fall of 2005. This was back in March. So he did something with the court to try to make some kind of change to what was set up uh, for the division of his retirement money. Then there's nothing else. Like there's no like Judge Grant's order. There's no it's been accepted. There's no reply sent by the there's nothing. That's the last thing we see is him filing a stipulation, um, a propo- proposed stipulation in, in March 25th, 2005. That, so we know there was activity. Something was attempted at least to be changed from Ron with the retirement at that point. And then there's nothing else. Now, then we go into the probate and the final state. And what we see is um, Tiffany ended up getting like $394,435. And if you read through this document, you'll see there was like, it says like 50,000 in a savings account and 76,500 in a savings account. So I thought, oh, there it is. There's the retirement money. 
But then you read further down the probate and you see the checks where those were written from. And those were insurance settlements. There was a, a $294,000 check that was insurance, an insurance fund for damage to the house. There was a $76,500 check written for in, from insurance for the loss of the contents in the house. And then there was another $23,000 check written also for insurance for damage due to the fire. So I don't know if that was maybe stuff that was outside. I don't know what that was for. And then they they assessed the land value at $50,000 uh, that, that Tiffany inherited on top of that. And that's where that total amount comes from. And so that is her final estate. And that is what was gone through probate. And nowhere in there did Tiffany get any money from any bank account, much less the retirement bank account. So that's where things are at. And that's why I said there's still questions up in the air about that. Uh, I had somebody reach out to me, a listener, and say with the Quadro, which is, you know, what the, I don't remember what it stands for, but basically the division of the retirement money based on a, because of a divorce. And um, they said, well, if the money, because I think Vicky was 53, if her memory serves, she's early 50s, that if it got moved into another retirement account, that she wouldn't be able to access those funds until she was 59 and a half, or she would have to pay a fine if she accessed them. Uh, we can certainly tell from her bank account she never accessed those funds. And so I don't know how that would work if then it got turned over to Tiffany, but there should be paperwork for that somewhere. We don't see any paperwork for it. So long story short, that's what we know. We know that there was activity regarding the pension in 2005. That does not see, according to the court dockets, that does not seem to have been resolved. And that's all we know so far regarding the uh, retirement money. And Valeria just asked if there was anything on John's side, any kind of. Uh, there was nothing uh, on John's side that I found or that, that CJ found, and I don't know how much of an estate. there. So the house was only in Vicky's name. The bank account was in Vicky's name. I think John's name was on it as a, as a, signat, a signature, but the account, actual account was in her name. So I don't think there was much of an estate there to be divided because everything was in Vicky's name, but I haven't seen anything from, from John's name. And, and certainly if there was, pension that went from ron to vicky then that would be uh that wouldn't be in john's name either so it's still up in the air and that is and and as janet said one of the other reasons for this pause is i'm not done investigating this case the pinion pines case but i can't keep putting episodes out about it so we're still working on a lot of these things behind the scenes this is this is a this might fall into a none of my business question but Drew and and Tanya, it was it was it just sort of Tiffany was like executor of Vicky's. I don't know. I was wondering about that myself. I I, I don't know, and, and 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 I didn't dig any further into it. But it was strange. I found that it's it, the way the documents read is that all of that went to Tiffany, but I would think it would go to the three of them. So maybe she's an executor. I don't I don't know how all that shakes out. That's all I have. All right. Uh, well, thank you guys all for tuning in. Keep sending in your uh, your questions. Uh, Katie Ross, who uh, is amazing, who handles our who designs and manages and maintains our website, uh, is working on putting together a button to put on our website to submit cases as of right now. So when you're hearing this, go to look at the website, truthandjusticepod.com. Hopefully by Friday, we'll have a button there that says submit a missing persons case and you can just click that and send it in. 
In the meantime, you can just, or anytime, theories at truthandjusticepod.com. Send me any, uh, any cases that you hear about that are in your area, anything going on. If you are a person who, who has someone you love that's missing and need, needs help, same thing, send the emails. But do, definitely do send me some, you know, some information about it. Where If you don't have contact information so that a, you know, a link or something where I can get to it, because we get so many of them, if I just have, hey, there's a missing person in my town, this is her name, then you know, with, with so many coming in, I probably won't have the time to then start digging in to figure out what the the, the circumstances are around that. Um, and definitely make sure you send anything in that is that is urgent happening right now. I was just going to say, because I saw it in the, the YouTube chat as well, if you have suggestions on specific organizations that are local to your area, that's not a specific case, but it could be a really great resource. So um, would that be a good place to do that as well? Or should that be posted somewhere on the Facebook page? Yeah, and better yet, if 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 there's one of the, if you're familiar with one of those organizations, and you think, well, they might have some good missing persons cases. So again, here's something for those of you that are like, well, this is not in my area, so how do I help? That's another way that you can help. Instead of just saying, "Hey, Bob, here's an organization that tracks missing persons cases in North Dakota. Uh, if they have a public number, call them, send them an email, and say, hey, you know, there's there's this podcast that is doing cases that is put. Or do you have any cases?" that you think would be good ones to feature there and then give them our contact information and put us in touch. So there, there's a lot to do. A, a huge part of this for me is, is for us all to work together, you know, old school truth and justice stuff like the old, you heard in the old intro, I'm just a mouthpiece for all of us working together to help people. And, uh, and ever there's always something you can do. And again, I want to stress too, for your inter- international listeners, don't, don't shy away from sending in cases. Because we'll be, I'll be happy to to cover those as well as we move through all this. And so, yeah, send if you hear anything, send the cases in. We'll get right on them. At this point, I'm planning on having an episode out on Sunday. I don't know if we'll have another one before that. Maybe if something happened, if something comes up and is breaking right now, uh, we may do that. And then we're just gonna let this thing evolve as it goes. Also, I want to point out episode numbers. Because Apple, a lot of people have been having issues with Apple with the season and episode numbers and things being in the right order, it, it really shouldn't make much of a difference. I haven't decided how I'm going to title the episodes yet. If I'm going to put like the city and state where they're where the cases are from as the title or the name, however we do it. But the follow ups, because we may have two or three episodes between follow up, I'm just going to everything is just going to be episode one, two, three, four. So like instead of a follow up being a follow up to season thirteen, episode three. The follow-up would just be season 13, episode four, and it'll just be titled follow-up for that week. Um, so we'll just keep everything all uh, in the same format, right in a line, so everything will stay in order. And with that, do you guys have anything else? Uh, if you guys want to hear more of me, I'm going to be on the JV Club. It's true. We're recording our episode tomorrow, so it will be dropping in the next couple of weeks, and we'll make sure to announce it on this podcast. I can't wait. Boom. All right. Thank you, guys. We love you, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody. Truth and Justice is an NBI Studios production. All music for the show is created and composed by Shane Yoder at PutThemInASong.com. The font you see on all of our logos and banners were created by Tate Krupa of Red Swan Graphic Design. 
Katie Ross of createdintandem.com designed, created, manages, and maintains our website, Truth and Justice Pod, where you can view all photos and documents discussed in every episode. Thank you to our volunteer transcription team, Pamela Westby, Kathy McElhaney, Courtney Wimberly, Erica Cantor, Melissa Cardenas, Kaywood Yomnick, and Danielle Rohr. And as always, thank you to all of you for your engagement and your support. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that in a number of ways. The number one way for you to support our work is to become a patron at patreon.com slash truthandjustice. If you join our Patreon, not only will you be financially supporting our work, but you'll also get something for your pledge. For just $5 per month, you'll get all episodes ad-free and also a video version of the Friday follow-ups that include an hour-long pre-show chat exclusive to our patrons. Other levels will get you a Truth and Justice Army t-shirt, Truth and Justice hats, and even the opportunity to co-host a Friday follow-up episode. Just go to patreon.com slash truthandjustice to sign up. You can also help us out by going to iTunes and leaving us a five-star rating and review. It doesn't cost you a penny, and it goes a long way towards making the show more visible. If you have a case that you'd like us to consider covering, you can submit your cases on our website, truthandjusticepod.com. Just click on the case submission button and fill out the form. And the most important thing that you can do is engage in our investigations. You can keep in touch with us through our email at theories at truthandjusticepod.com. You can like our Facebook page, follow us on Instagram, or join in on the conversation on the Truth and Justice Podcast fans page. For all of you tweeters out there, you can connect with us on Twitter at TruthJusticePod. To follow our personal accounts on social media, I can be found at Bob Ruff Truth. Janet can be found at Janet Varney, and Zach is at Z to the Q. However you do it, stay engaged, stay in touch. But as for now, we're signing off. I'm Bob Ruff. I'm Zach Weaver. And I'm Janet Varney. And this has been Truth and Justice. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.